Welcome to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast, where we desire to connect you with people, teaching, encouragement and resources that will see you and those around you restored to true humanity. Join us as we seek to help you apply the grace of God onto the details of your life. Well, welcome to the uh, Restore Ministries podcast. My name's Peter Sondergill. Good to have you uh, joining us today. We're uh, right in the middle of a um, series uh, at the moment to do with identity and uh, how do we actually live into our God-given identity. It's a really critical question at the moment. Uh, one of the things that a global pandemic does is it helps people to see, it helps people to question themselves with regard to what they're doing, what they're committed to, who they are. Um, in a lot of ways, it can actually help them to um, see more clearly who they are and kind of go after it. So in this time of flux, uh, when it comes to uh, people's identities, there's no better time for us to be having this conversation about who God's made us to be and how we actually live into our uh, God-given identity. I've got Steve Nation with me today. Steve, good to have you, mate. G'day. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks, yeah. Pete. Yeah, Steve and Kayang are... Um, great friends of uh, Restore Ministries. We love them. We, uh, we love to partner with them and serve alongside them in, uh, in restoration group trainings, those kind of things. And uh, more than anything, we just, we just love them. They're good friends of ours. And uh, it's so great to have uh, both of them up in Toowoomba and, and to be doing the podcast in person rather than over Skype, brother. So uh, yeah, yeah good. so good to have you. Steve, tell us, tell us a bit about yourself, mate. What are you... What do you do? Uh, tell us about your family. Just um, give us a snapshot of, uh, of who you are. Yeah. Um, yep. Married to Kayang. Been married for 17 years. 17 years. Been a pastor for 16 years. I was trying to figure out which one was for, which one's which. Uh, <laughs> and, right, we uh, won't tell her. Oh, yeah. No, she'll, <laughs> she'll understand. Got three kids. Oldest one is Jakey, 10, Levi, 8, Lucy, 6. And love being a dad. I love being a husband, struggle, but uh, it's beautiful. When I'm not pastoring a small church, uh, a beautiful church just started there four months ago in Canberra. If I'm not there, I'm often trying to work on planning and training and preparing um, older boys' footy team, Aussie rules team, under 11s. Just love it. Just love being out there with them, thinking about it. Yeah, that's most of my life. Yeah, and recently on Facebook, you had this awesome post about a snuggly bunny. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Last year was a pretty hard year for us as a family, and uh, I never thought I'd get a rabbit. When my when I told my brother, he said, "Why on earth would you buy a pest?" Um, <laughs> but it's just this little thing, and it's just captured our hearts, and uh, and just snuggles up, and uh, he loves me more than anyone because I'm soft and just give him all the carrots he wants. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, one of the things that you and I have talked about, and I've heard you share about at different times, is your your struggle with uh, OCD, yep. obsessive compulsive disorder yeah do you mind just explaining what that is i mean there'll be a bunch of people listening that don't even really know what that is and then if you can just take us inside that for you personally what does that actually look like for you on a day-to-day basis or maybe a week-to-week basis yeah take people inside that and help us to understand it yeah sure so ocd obsessive compulsive disorder uh, a lot of people would know it from movies like as good as it gets the guy who just washes his hands all the time and doesn't like standing on cracks mm. so obsessive compulsive a lot of people know it from the you know the compulsion people who check their locks five times before they head out um, that's re- that's what some people have and it's horrific just constantly double checking washing hands 
But all, all the things, everything about OCD flows from the O in OCD, the obsessions, mm. and that is uh, fixated thoughts, intrusive thoughts, uh, which are abhorrent to the person. Mm. Uh, and so it might be, I am filthy, and so I need to stay clean. I need to keep washing myself. Mm. It might be, I'm under attack, so I need to constantly check to see if the garage door is locked. Yep. Uh, it might be, there is danger when I'm going outside, so I've got to be very careful where I walk. Uh, often it is to do intrusive thoughts, thoughts which are just really repugnant, which are just so anti who you are or who you, who you think you are. So it might be that you are all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're a heterosexual male or female, and you, all of a sudden you think, I might be gay, mm. or you're a Christian, and all of a sudden you read an article from Richard Dawkins and you think, I can't be a Christian anymore. Or you are you know, something I, I have. Uh, I walk into church and have this overwhelming feeling that I, I must elbow someone in the head. Yeah. And that's a bit awkward as a pastor in a church. Mm-hmm. Or walking down the street or dropping my kids. I used to have when I'm holding them in the shopping center, just throwing them off the second story building. Just these intrusive thoughts, which I've got to get away from the edge because I'm about to throw them. Mm. And, uh, and so it's often against some of the major things in your life. The uh, things that you love. The things that are important to you. Yeah, or say, the things that there's a feeling of safety, mm. that this is my group or this is my people or this is my beliefs or this is uh, yeah. what I cherish. And so to some extent it is a, it's a torturous illness because mm. it just attacks the things which are most important. Yeah. And uh, I was diagnosed at 28, my first year out of Bible college. Uh, but I've had it since I was 12, but it was just mixed, mixed undiagnosed and... Uh, mm. Um, was it because of head injuries from sport? Was it? You know, what, what was it? It's uh, it's been a significant part of my life. Is it hard to talk about that sort of stuff now? Like as we're having this conversation, or yeah, I think I think it is. At yeah. certain points in my life, it's not because it, it's made sense to people around me. Okay, why I've shut myself off, or why I'm worried about certain things, or why I've lost significant amounts of weight. But at, at times when it's, uh, I, I feel like thing when when it's been used against you. When it's been an explanation for, he just does, Steve's doing this because he's mentally ill, and whatever he's been saying, I just don't take it with a grain of. Kind of write you off a bit. Yeah, just write me off. Yeah, and so and and that plays into me. Okay, so am I am I seeing things really clearly? Hmm. Uh, are they right? Should I just shut up? And so I've had I've had family members say, Steve, just don't share. Uh, it's obvious some people will manipulate it. So maybe just, mm. and these aren't Christian people. So I've said, uh, just, just don't give yourself any more like that. Be safe. Mm. And so it is. It's sometimes very tempting to go, no, I'm not going to talk about myself anymore. Mm. Yeah. Or engage it. Yeah, that, that's, that sounds pretty heavy. Are there, are, there, are there waves of it for you? Are there times where it's more intense and times where it's less intense? And can you give us a bit of a picture about how much time there would be between less intense times and more intense ones? Yeah, yeah. It, sometimes I am just so free of it. It often goes with stress. Mm. And one of the major ones is, uh, is illness. So it seems to, for me personally, it seems that so viruses, flu, mm. cold, where... I, <laughs> Uh, even going on a plane and the pressure in my head, yeah, pressure wow. being on the plane, and it just messes with my head. Mm. Um, and that can just stir things up. Mm. And I'm not even 
really sure exactly that I'm in the midst of it until my wife says, Steve, I think that you might be fixating on a few things. Or, mm-hmm. And she does it. Well, she tries to do it really gently. And then I can say, oh, my goodness, yeah, that's, mm. I really am in a bind. Yeah. So just the way that you've uh, expressed some of that, the way that you've explained how that operates, for me, I'm already hearing the, you know, the battleground, so to speak, yeah. around identity. Yeah. You know, you've got, these, you've got these thoughts going through your head and you're, these things are coming at you. I imagine, I mean, just from my point of view, I'm going, is that, is that really me? Is that who yeah. I am? Yeah. Can you unpack that one a little bit for us? Like, we'd unpack the battleground with identity yeah. and, and OCD and how those two, you know, it, it, it sounds like OCD likes to give you a God-given identity good pummeling. Yeah, yeah. Can you take us in there for a bit? Yeah. Adds another edge to it with, you know, there's a difference between temptation and, and sin. Mm. That you know, we can be tempted without sin like Jesus and we can tempt to be tempted and then sin but sometimes when there's thoughts into my head, comes into my head, and I think about it, you know, whether it's violence or sex or to do with my faith, am I doing those thoughts? Hmm. Am I being tempted and am I going with it? Have I thought about it? Have I, am I, do I need to repent? How on earth do I even think of that? Hmm. Can I look someone in the eye after this? Can I pray the Lord's Prayer? Because my distorted mind, am I fixating on being angry? And so for a little while, I really mm. struggled with praying the Lord's Prayer. Um, our Father part's great, but just that relational, can I honestly pray, forgive me, when I'm not even sure if I'm sinning? Mm. And do I pray, uh, forgive me others, when some things can be really distorted in my head about what's happened? Have I seen it clearly? Those sort of con- that's concept, relational concepts. Am, am I understanding myself and relating to God? in a way that is consistent? Is my understanding of myself, is that healthy? And is my struggle to act upon, uh, act out faith, I mean, in faith, the Father, you're my Father, Heavenly Father's my Father, and He's good and He'll look after me. How do I do that as a child when often I feel like it's not far away from me moving into chaos? And so my identity as a secure, loved kept child who belongs can morph into I am confused especially when I'm sick and my brain's going a bit nuts I'm Mm. confused I don't belong I don't actually know if I'm sinning or if I'm not I know I'm your child father but I can't engage it because if I think about this my OCD might attack those thoughts Yeah, and I don't really want to go there right now and so my identity my experiential existential sense of who I am I know who I am theologically and I know these truths theologically Mm, but mm. to experience them and to walk in them when they in themselves can be distorted by my brain it leaves me with wanting to watch Netflix yeah so a key word that's buzzing around my head and you mentioned it before is just confusion yeah that just sounds that sounds really confusing yeah so I don't know what what do you what what is God's heart to the person who's confused about their thoughts and stuff buzzing around that they can't control and not sure who they are, everything feels upside down. Yeah, good question. I um, In my devotional time, I most connect with Jesus in the Gospels mm. and as he's engaging 
with you know, John for the Samaritan woman. Mm. And she's got a lot of crud going along, five husbands, one you're living with now, not, now is not your husband. She's ostracized, she's alienated, she's getting water in the middle of the day from the well. You know. Even in Samaria, an ostracized people, she's an ostracized woman where people don't want to collect water with her. Yeah. And she wants to get in a theological discussion with Jesus. Jesus unpacks her to mm. such an extent and reveals who he is, the Messiah, that she goes back into town and she says to everyone, I've met a man who knows everything about me. And you're meant to go, I'll read that and I go, ah, oh, and that's a good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it is. And then they go and meet Jesus. And they go, it's not just because of your testimony. We've met him too. And I, I think for me, what does it mean for me? How do I live with God in this? Uh, just like you know, the lady who'd been bleeding and she walks up to Jesus and just touches him and, hmm. and he outs her. And he's not ashamed of her. And he outs her publicly to say, look, this woman's never to go in hiding again. Uh, he heals mm. her, but she's outed and and seen and known, accepted and understood. And I think just that God knows, God sees, reading the Psalms. Mm. You know, Psalm 103, he knows that we're dust. He's not ashamed of my weakness. You know, that even though I can't see myself clearly, God engages me on a level where he goes, I can see and I'm not running away. Yeah. And I can see it and I'm not hiding you away. Mm. And, uh, and I'm a pastor with this and sometimes I think, ah, oh, It'd be so good if I was this person who has everything down pat and just churned through the programs and projects and proposals. And I'm a bit all over the place. And but I think Jesus just—he's mm. not ashamed. And so, what for, for me in all this stuff? Uh, you know, the whole thing, preaching the gospel to yourself—that's great. It's so true who Jesus is. But again, just getting down to it, just engaging him. I engage him in the gospels and just see how he just stops there and is present. Mm. And then he doesn't expect the person to then walk away with such incredible clarity. You know, even meeting the Apostle Paul, amazing. And then the Apostle Paul goes into the wilderness, mm. spends some time trying to just walk with God. You're just engaging him in a non, for me, in, in this and just going, okay, I don't get it. You get it. You're not running away. I feel like running away, but you've kept me this far and you're good. And uh, how, what's it mean today? I keep thinking, am I going to fall tomorrow? But yeah, Lamentations 3, God new mercies each morning he'll give me what i need today and tomorrow he'll give me what i need tomorrow he doesn't give me today what i need tomorrow yeah and I, I'm, I've got, I live with so much fear but there's some of these promises about his engagement and about he'll keep turning up tomorrow is that beautiful man yeah it is and uh, without yeah. that if it was just muslim picture with here's the truth submit to it live it and you've got to live this for the rest of your life yeah oh, i understand that that's quite a logical step 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 but i'd be stuffed for God to be present and active and engaged and saying, I'm just going to keep moving in. Mm. Without that, I would be so scared. Mm. Yeah. yeah it, all right. Not that long ago, I uh, had a bit of a, had a period of time that was pretty difficult and uh, there were a bunch of things going on for me and it was pretty confusing. And as I was sitting praying to God and reading scripture and worshipping, I didn't hear an audible voice or anything, but I... I felt the Spirit speak to me what Scripture says over and over, yeah. which is similar to what you've just said. I'll come get you. Yeah. And that yeah. not that the that's the promise for tomorrow. Yeah. I will always come get you. Yeah. A mate of mine, his daughter worked on a um, on a sheep farm for a bit, and uh, one of the things that the sheep used to do, he, he told me about it, and he said the sheep would walk away from the dam, away from the water supply. They get thirsty, and then they just sit down. <sighs> And, and they would die there. 
if they were if they were left to their own devices, they would just die there because they're too far away to get back to the water. Yeah. And so his daughter's job was to get on the on the motorbike to ride out to where these sheep were that were thirsty and had laid down, load them up over the fuel tank, sometimes yeah. two or three high, and drive them back to where the water is. Yeah, you know, and isn't that the um, that's a picture of of something of what you're talking about? Yeah. There is uh, well, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we do have a good shepherd who said. Yeah. I'll come and get you Yeah, every time. And it can be, reading those passages, I know for me it can be stressful because, you you know, Psalm 42, as the deer longs for streams. Pants so for the living water, yeah. So, I lo- yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm longing for you. And I think, oh, I need to get to those streams. Yeah. But it doesn't say that. God comes for us. <laughs> That's right. And I, like, I'm thinking, so what do I need to do? What do I need to do? How do I do that? Uh, I need to open up scriptures. I need to pray more. I need to exegete. I need to... And, he kept going, and then you go back to Jesus goes, oh, you've been doing lots of stuff, Martha. That's great. Yeah. Is this one thing necessary? Mm. Just come and just sit. Mm. I'll give you what you need. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I often say that at, um, at church, you know, the one hope of a, of a dumb sheep is a good shepherd. Yeah. You know? Fully. A shepherd that will come and get, get, get the sheep and, and rescue them and bring them back to a good place. Yeah. The other uh, word that just kind of uh, went through my mind as you were, as you were sharing that before, is is mercy. Yeah. Grace is getting something good that we don't deserve. Yeah. Mercy is we're in a whole bunch of trouble and we have nothing to offer, but there's someone whose heart is to be merciful yeah. and to get us out of the trouble that we're in. I remember uh, someone preaching on this and doing a study on the word mercy and, or, com- or compassion, same word in Hebrew, and saying essentially the word for bowels. Yeah. <laughs> deep inside, the depth, yeah, so yeah. deep inside. God is moved so deeply towards us that it's not a, oh, I can't believe you've done this again. Okay, I've got to, I've got to do the right thing. Mm. And say, I am moved so inwardly that I am pouring out myself towards you. Mm. It's phenomenal, but it's needed. Yeah. Sometimes I think, at least this is my experience, when we feel like we've got a bit more of a handle on things, we kind of, internally, for me, there's been times where I've just gone, well, I'll just clean up my act a bit uh, and then I'll come to God. Yeah. But it's a whole other level when you go, I don't even know what my act is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. I can't understand anything. And, you know, and like someone in the ocean in a rip, yeah. all I can do is stick my hand up and say, I need someone to come and get me. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Know? And God's willingness to do that. And he is. Yeah. And that's so much beauty comes, all those words, beauty for ashes and yeah. all those beautiful, restorative, redemptive metaphors we have in scripture. Hmm. He goes, you know, that that's a great place for me to work. Mm. Mm. Not that it's a wonderful place for you to be, but I can work with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I love, uh, there's a little kind of phrase that Eugene Peterson uses. Uh, it's in a little journal article about God's story, and he talks about living into God's story. I think there's a living into our God-given identity. Yeah. That God's, you know, God made you, Steve. He had a, a fully human version of Steve Nation in his mind's eye, and he still does now, yeah. about who he's made you to be. Yeah. You know, Jesus has come, he's died on the cross, he's cleansed us, he's cleansed you. Yeah. And so the task, you know, Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, there's a living into the person that God's made you to be. But often, you know, as we've been talking about, that that's a real... It's a real battle because of this OCD. When this stuff's going on, I mean, you've given us a little bit of a snapshot, but can you, can you give us a little bit more about how you wage that identity battle yeah. in those moments? How do you live into the person? 
that God's made you to be? How do you live into your God-given identity instead of succumbing to, I guess, the lies about identity that your OCD would tell you? Yeah, can, yeah. can you take us there for a bit? Yeah. I think one of the, one of the challenges is, and it, it, t- it took me a long time to get here, and I'm, I'm much better at this, and that is not engage the thoughts. Okay. Um, I remember one of my psychologists saying, trying to work through, I know, it was my old pastoral lecture, trying to work out your depression and anxiety with your own mind is like to try to run out your broken leg. Yeah. The thing that is injured, you can't fix up a broken leg by running on the thing that's broken. Mm. And if at those moments, if it's clear that there's some distortion going on, yeah. to try and outthink it is uh, when, the, when the iron's hot, when the blood's boiling and when the thoughts are coming in, to sit there and try and argue yourself out of it is uh, i know at least myself i'm not sure about other people i know it's it's just folly for me yeah to go okay so i but no i believe in this and this and this and this therefore i'm a christian and i i'm going to reject those thoughts and those thoughts and those thoughts and those thoughts because mm. if my blood's boiling then my blood my brain will go but really yeah yeah you yeah. really think that yeah and so to be able to sit there going okay, i'm just not in a space where i want to engage that or i can engage that mm. I'm going to wait a little while. I'm going to just cast out a little lament that it's happened again, God. I've thought about this. I haven't thought about this for a while, but it's happened again. I don't want to ignore it because it's part of my lived experience. But you know and I know what this is, and I can't put a word to it, but here it is, and I'm just going to go and do the next thing. Yeah. I'm just going to kick a ball with my, with my boy or you know, mm. chat, chat to my girl, little girl. And then when things are in a healthy space and I'm not churning mentally... Hmm. just to pause there and go okay this happened again why did it happen okay it happened because i was sick or this happened and not even not morbid self-introspection but just to pause there and just live into my identity to go okay so i know who i am yeah that's good thank you this is who i am jesus and this stuff comes in but it only comes in because i care Hmm. if this pattern's happening enough then strange you're my counselor pete so (laughs) i'll give you a call yeah. Well, my wife will organise for me to talk to you, but there's a, there's a time to engage, and it's like you know, restoration groups to operate personally, hmm. to operate personally, whilst the thoughts are not you. I think to be able to sit there That's and good. go, I can't. This is not who I am or who I've been recreated to be. So therefore, I'm not going to operate in this space or with these thoughts, because that would be a lie. And my wife helps me with this, just to go, just pause this, Steve. I don't think you're in a space and you necessarily need to think that mm. or process that. Mm. How about, you know, do you want to play table tennis or do you want to, you know, whatever else it is? Yep. Um, how to be honest in that space and how to be, in some senses, wise enough there through your outside important through all yourself to go, uh, this is starting to churn me up. That's not a healthy space. This mm. is not any means or any... Mm way to move forward to being who i am yeah let me summarize a couple of things that yeah. you've said there i mean that's that's awesome what you shared there um a couple of things that stand out to me is it sounds like one of the things that you're saying is with the ocd thing for you the issue is a system problem not an individual thought problem that yeah. there's a there's a system kind of malfunction yeah. or a, if you think about it in terms of computers or phones it's an operating system yeah. problem and you're not going to fix an operating system problem with a busted operating system that's problem right. yeah that's right and so they're not 
going, I'm not going to believe what that is telling me about me. Yeah. But that must be, must be some kind of battle sometimes to not succumb to that, to not believe those thoughts about yourself, right? Yeah, it is a battle, but I think it's a battle that we all experience to some extent because I think sin does the same. Mm. When we are tempted or when we've had a long run with a certain sin to think that, oh, is that me? So I kept going, so I am not That's OCD. So no, I you're have not. OCD, mm. but I'm not OCD. Mm. And when I've got a friend who's an addict of it, you know, and his thing is, I might have this addiction, and it's a it's a, it's been a long running, uh, you know, bent for me, and mm. you know, but that's not me. Mm. And I think we all have that to a certain extent. I might have a struggle with anger, but I'm not in and of itself defined by anger. Yeah. And uh, so whichever one it is, to have a clear understanding again of identity, but knowing. There's some parts which are just a bit whack in all of us. Absolutely. And so it could be a mental illness. You know, that whole, that's why I really love what Mike Emlett did with I'm a sinner, I'm a saint, and I'm a sufferer. Yeah. I'm simultaneously all those three things. Ultimately, I'm a child of God, and that's my lived experience, those three things. Mm. But how to engage it at different times and not, and not allowing sometimes my sin just for me to go, oh, that's just my mental illness speaking. Mm. So I can use it as a copy out too. Yeah, yeah. And how do we, you know, there needs to be some sort of clarity, but that clarity doesn't come when your blood is boiling and we're in the midst of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I love that. What, what you've just done there is you've, you know, you've broadened it and you've helped us to see, you know, I, I guess the thing that stands out for me is you've helped us to see that the dynamic that goes on for you with this, ongoing entrenched and when i say entrenched it's just an ongoing struggle that you have there's something similar going on for other people that have an ongoing long-term entrenched struggle yeah. as well yeah there's this distortion in our as you say in our identity and who god's made us to be yeah that we're redeemed into this image of christ sanctified our position in christ is perfect holy clean without blemish but we all have this distortion a live distortion still living in mm. this body uh, and in this mind and in this reality. Yeah, one of the things as I, as I talk with people about these kind of long-term entrenched things, they're usually very painful and very uncomfortable um, and they feel so far from the mark. It's like we're so far removed from where we're supposed to be yeah. you know, we, we read scripture about, um, you know, be holy as I am holy and, and sometimes good things can become a bit of a monkey on our back yeah. um, that we've got to make this huge leap. And then we go, I can't, I can't make that leap. Yeah. It's like jumping from Australia to New Zealand yeah. in one leap, you know. Yeah. Do you, do you, I mean, tell me what you think. Let's throw this around. Do you, is, it, is it helpful just to break it down into smaller kind of chunks and just go, we, we don't have to jump from Australia yeah. to New Zealand, you know. Maybe... Maybe the first step is just to walk onto an Australian beach, yeah. you know, and yeah. just get a little bit closer to the water and, and have smaller steps or smaller increments that we're... Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Does, yeah. Does that help? It, it does. I think I always love the big picture. And, and continuing that metaphor, you're saying, in a weird way, we're already in New Zealand. <laughs> that we are... Our, our identity is already... Yes. That we're already secure, we're already made perfect... 
Mm. We're already holy in his sight. So we're to become what we already are. Yeah. And so in that picture, I am not seeking to try to be something I'm not. I'm trying to be something that I already am. And that every anomaly, whether sin or suffering, is cracking into something that I've, that new creation that I am. God's laid hold of it already for you. Yeah, so the start, you know, a lot of the letters, so Romans 1 to 11, this is how you came to who, who you are, 12 to 16, now live it out. But it's always going back to, you know, Colossians 3, therefore as God's dearly, holy, beloved children do, but only as, as my principal always say, imperatives always follow indicatives. The indicatives never follow imperatives. Indicatives, this is something that's been done. Hmm. And only in light of that, of who you are, then you live out what's implicates that's already been done. And so that we're yeah. never to become something we're not already. Do you know what's do you know what I reckon is like for me when you speak about that, the thing that I find so encouraging about that is when you know that someone's already laid hold of that for you, yeah. there's no risk that you're gonna lose it. Yeah. There's no there's no uh, danger or, or even um, disappointment that because your performance is not good enough, you're not going to make it. Yeah. Like, it's guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, that's Philippians 1, six, right? It it's is. like, here you began a good work and you will carry it to completion. Yeah. You know, it will, it will happen. It's not like your efforts to try and lay hold of something are the be-all and end-all, and if you don't get it, I'm sorry, pal, you yeah, just miss right. out. That's right. And, and, and if you mess up, and we're not talking about large messing up god willing you know i love my wife and i love my kids uh, even though i drive them a bit nuts and they drive me a bit nuts <laughs> um you know god willing i'll stay faithful but the message in christ is that there's nothing i can do ultimately that christ's blood can't pay for and and therefore every step and every day that shapes me that i don't need to panic and fear about something where i might go because I don't have someone waiting, coming at me with a big stick to say, you better be careful. He just goes, I, I've done everything to bring you in. Mm. And, I, and you just work out what I've worked in you with the work mm. that's so powerfully at work. And I know you're fragile and I know who you are and I've got you. Do the next thing. He read the fine print when he saved us, didn't he? Oh, yeah. You know, it's like... It's, and I, I think that sometimes I just go, he, he never gets to a point where he goes, whoa, I didn't know that's what you were going to do at oh, this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Let's, um, let's finish with this one. I, I mean, I, I, I think, and I think there's some evidence out there that, that everyone sits on the spectrum somewhere from disorder to, to non-disorder. Yeah. Yeah, that that's not a particularly new thing. I, I mean, people joke about their OCD flaring yeah. up. I mean, I, you know, I, that's okay. I, I hope that's not a, not no. not too offensive, but people no. people do joke about that. But I, I think in some way, there there people do get stuck in some of these, whether they get diagnosed with OCD or not, they yeah. get stuck in these um, fear control kind of vicious vicious cycles that they can't get out of. Yeah, I wanted to finish by just giving the opportunity if. You know, if anyone who's listening is is uh, is friends or relatives of of someone, and they, whether they're diagnosed or they're not diagnosed, they just get stuck in these cycles. Yeah. Maybe it's intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, the fear control kind of vicious, vicious cycle, and 
they can see the effect that it's having on their identity. Yeah. You got any thoughts that you can kind of throw their way about how they can support and help each other and, and strengthen their understanding of who they are in Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, I've got a lot of thoughts. That, uh, just something simple, I think. Uh, one of the things you've said to me a few times is at every point we're still in the middle of a story and uh, anxiety and OCT just feed off fear. Mm. And to have someone who stands with you and walks alongside you and just goes, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. And uh, I can see it's hard. I'm not going to give you 10 steps to thinking right. Uh, maybe at some point to help with some of the thoughts, but to go, yeah. like my wife said to me a while ago, Steve, just have faith in my faith. Hmm. You can't, I don't think you can have the faith to have you know big picture now, but I do, I can see heaps. And uh, why don't you just go and you know, kick the ball with someone? I remember just thinking, she thinks I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Well, I thought she'd think I'll be, I'm a train wreck. You know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so to be a person there who just goes, no, I can see more than this. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm above you and I can, you know, mm. but I, 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 yeah, I'm not worried. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm really sad mm. to see you there, but I'm not thrown. Mm. I'm here and I see good things. Mm. And I think some of those moments when people have said that to me in the past, it's just sort of shocked me. Maybe there's hope. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe God will might bring something about that I can't see. Yeah. So maybe I need to go and wrestle my son. It's that, uh, what I hear in there is, um, you know, while your world's spinning and your head is spinning, yeah. someone else is saying, mine's not. Yeah. And I'm not going anywhere. And actually, you know, in a gentle, loving kind of way, yeah. the rest of the world's not spinning. I can see what God's doing and what he's doing yeah. with you. And and Jesus hasn't abandoned the throne. You don't yeah. need to say that because that might stir up my, is Jesus real? Sometimes it's good to say that if I'm in the midst of it. Mm. But to go, no, in your, in your heart, no, I'm pretty sure he's still on there. Mm. And I'm pretty sure he's got you. And you can't see it. But I can see you, mm. and there's yeah. there's more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it reminds me. Have you ever done that uh, game that they normally do with youth, where you hold a broom handle and you've got to look at it and spin around oh, as yeah. fast as you can? Yeah. You know what? What do you do when you're dizzy? It's like, well, you just need to find something that's stable that's not moving because yeah. everything's moving. That's right. And if you can find that, and in the end, most of the time it's the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to run for that apple or anything just yet. Just pause yeah. a moment. Yeah, that's right. It would be quicker to get it if you just stop for a moment. Uh, yeah, 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 and find something to hang on to. And yeah. I think that's uh, what you're saying there is really beautiful, that yeah. that we can come alongside people that are uh, that are struggling and their heads are spinning a little bit. Because, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I feel it. I feel the head spin of uh, anxiety that happens and, and fear that happens, especially when, when pressure's on. And to have people who are steady around you, to just yeah. who love you, to... So they're not leaving you, they're not deserting you. And when you feel like the world is falling apart, they're saying, no, it's not falling apart. And God's God's still overseeing things. And Oh, mate, um, usually at the end of uh, Restore Ministries podcast, we get uh, a person that we're chatting to to uh, read a scripture to us. So, uh, yeah, if you want to just give us a, a short kind of snapshot of why this scripture is so relevant to the sort of stuff that we've been talking about. That'd be awesome. Yeah. What, what have um, you got? I've got, I got 2 Corinthians 5.17, which is a well-known one. I got given a plaque of it a while ago, and it's been really key for me for a long time. Uh, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And it's just, it's, just a, it's a reality that's happened. Hmm. 
in Christ, with Christ. Uh, he has bound himself to me. Whether I can feel it or see it, a new creation has come, and I can see moments. I can see pieces of this yeah, beauty. Snapshots in there, yeah. And, uh, mm. and the reality is the change has happened, and, and I'm not working towards something which is going to change my life, or I'm not fearing something ultimately that's going to go, there's a hinge which I can fall off or fall on yeah. for my future. Mm. There you go. The change has happened. Behold, the new has come. Mm. That's a declaration, objective reality. And uh, so I just sit in that. That's... um. That's beautiful, man. Uh, listen, um, it's been great to have you on the podcast. I would, if you'd be up for it, I'd love for you to pray for us in a moment yeah, and particularly pray for um, people who struggle, have this identity battle that goes on in yeah. the midst of anxiety and pressure and also pray for people who, who, who want to help those who are, who are having that battle. Mate, let me just let me just say thanks so much for uh, coming up to Toowoomba. Yeah. It's, it's been so good to talk in person and do this in person. Yeah. And um, thanks for being so open with us today yeah. and letting us into, letting us look into your um, your experience, yeah. uh, your life a little bit. Yeah, privilege. Can you pray for us? I'll pray. Father, we, we thank you that you are good and that you do good and that we can't always see this experientially if our mind is playing tricks on us and if our experience is thrown, uh, it's hard to have an anchor to lean on when uh, the very thing we think use to think is out uh, whether it's us or whether the ways we love uh, thank you Jesus that you are not ashamed of us uh, that you are not uh, put out or um, our uh, suffering uh, does not shock you or cause you to move away but you're the Je- you are the God who moves in hmm. you are the God who comes close And you're the one who suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to the Father, uh, to give us the Spirit, uh, so that we could never be moved, um, really, whether we like it or not. Father, thank you that your new mercies come each morning, so that today uh, isn't the same as tomorrow. Yeah. That you move towards us and you give us what we need each day. And what we need is you, personally, present, engaged. And we thank you that we don't have to make this happen or create this uh, whether we're a care or a sufferer mm. you are the one who keeps moving as the good shepherd and yeah. you will lead us and we can't always see this thank you that you deal kindly with the knowledge of our weakness yeah and thank you that you promise to lead us to the green pastures father by faith we trust and father please keep showing us your goodness your presence your power your promises and help us be patient Uh, You're good and you always do good and we love you and we ask for your favour upon us in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. If today's episode was a blessing to you and you would like to support our ministry, please visit www.restoreministries.com.au forward slash donate. Every generous donation is used to further equip and serve the broader church and see people restored to true humanity. Or if you'd like to access further articles, videos and resources, please visit our website, restoreministries.com.au and head to our resources page. Restore Ministries Australia, a catalyst for Christ-centred change.